Hey everyone, this is LaFool. We are on hiatus until after the inauguration, so we'll be back in February with some new shows. However, we have some little treats for you from our vault. We hope you enjoy. Are you ready? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Because <laughs> I know that we're going to be talking about <laughs> Biden cabinet picks. And number one, I don't know who should be in what position. You got Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, you got Cory Booker, you got Bernie Sanders, you got, <laughs> like, I, I don't know, maybe throw Marianne Williamson in there just for, I don't know, curiosity. Like, what do you think? Well, let's first take a look at what Trump did. But do we have to? Do we have to keep going back to him? If you want to know the future, take a good look at the past. This is episode number 27. Welcome back. We missed you. Now, if you're listening to this with someone new, let me introduce myself. Hello, I am Alvin Shia. For all of you in the Orphan Annie Secret Circle, did everybody around you join our Patreon? I, I think you missed somebody. Pretty sure you did. So for now, here's a partial message. Nice effort. So keep up the good work. Drink your Ovaltine and stay tuned for further instructions. Hang in there. Yours truly, A. Kick off your shoes and enjoy the next 17 minutes with my old friends, LaFool and A. I don't know that his past is in line with most of history. So if you're willing to say that the entire trajectory of history is now going to be upended for some time, then yes, I would look at the last four years. He has applied people to his cabinet. And then when he became annoyed with them, he fired them. So we went through a lot of hirings and firings and a lot of instability. If you think that the Biden campaign is going to function like that, I'm going to argue with you. Can you pull up? on your computer device, the Republican candidates for 2016. All 16 of them? Sure, why not? There was a ton of them. Start going down that list and you realize that of the 16, at least eight were in his cabinet. We can take off Romney because Romney went against him. Okay, so you've got John Hasek. Yeah, he just now lost, I think, or he, he won. I don't know what he just did. Yeah, but was he in the cabinet? I don't recall. No, he wasn't. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz wasn't in the cabinet, but Ted Cruz was a senator, and Trump came out and helped him win his Senate seat back over Beto. Marco Rubio wasn't in the cabinet. That still helps him. Keep going. Ben Carson, the most delightful secretary of housing ever. Good Lord. Again, he's still elected. No, he's qualified to be a neurosurgeon. Was he 
qualified to be anything. <laughs> Technically, he's not. That's why he lost his job. He's also lost his license. He's not qualified. And he wasn't qualified to run for president either. But why did he be so? What? Because he was black. Exactly. That's the humor of Trump. <sighs> That's the humor of Trump. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Jeb Bush, who was not in the cabinet. Jeb Bush wasn't his boy. So Jeb Bush got kicked to the curb. Right. And Jeb Bush is also, I think, one of the first Republicans to congratulate Biden. So, yeah. Of course. Maybe they'll put Jeb Bush in the cabinet. He's a Bush. Keep going. Okay. Jim Gilmore. He was the governor of Virginia through 2002. I don't even recognize his name. No, keep going. So that's one. Chris Christie basically got to take the COVID bullet mm -hmm. and spend a week in ICU. Uh, was he ever on technically on the cabinet? Uh, he became one of Trump's closest advisors. But was he in the cabinet? No, he became an advisor. He was making money as an advisor for Trump. Carly Fiorina. Carly Fiorina got kicked to the curb. Good for her. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum is a no. That's the one guy. I don't get why he didn't use him, but he didn't use Rick Santorum. I don't know, but Rick Santorum certainly was pissed about it and played a role in the last day of election, you know, telling Republicans they should reconsider their vote. Uh, Rand Paul. Uh, Rand Paul again, still ha he still was in the Senate. Yep. Uh, Mike Huckabee. Huckabee's daughter became what? Oh. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> really? Right down the list. Oh, yeah, no, she did, didn't she? Yeah. Those are all the candidates who withdrew during the primary. Mm -hmm. Only one of them technically ended up in the cabinet. What happened to the ex-governor of Texas? Who's the ex-governor of Texas? He was on there. Perry? Oh, he became the Secretary of Energy on the, what, the second round? Or was that the third round? He was asked during the debate what would be the five departments he would get rid of and what was the one he didn't remember <laughs> the secretary of energy you gotta see the humor in trump <laughs> he was laughing <laughs> no he's a clown dude he's hysterical here are the folks that withdrew before the primary so we had george pataki lindsey graham lindsey graham got lucky because lindsey graham attacked trump that if you attacked trump he came after you and he didn't give you a job unless, of course, you were in the Senate and with all those guys had to kiss his butt. Right. Kiss the anus in order to keep their positions. Right. Okay. And Lindsey Graham also just gave some money to Trump's campaign to fight this thing, too. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Bobby Jindal. He's from Baton Rouge, governor of Louisiana from 2008 to 2016. Now I don't know if any of these folks actually ended up in the cabinet. And then there was Scott Walker. Governor of Wisconsin. I don't know what happened to Scott Walker. Uh, that's the one I got to take a look and see if Scott Walker. But see, again, if you talk crap about Trump, you were out. Well, but they all did. Perry didn't, Carson didn't, and Christie didn't. Okay. And the all three got taken care of. Basically, only two, as far as I can tell, ended up in the cabinet. So now you want to draw a conclusion about what Joe Biden is going to do. I think three did, because I think Christie, Christie became his right-hand man. Christie was so close. Also, all the senators got his love. Ted Cruz won because Trump came here and spoke for him. Beta was actually doing pretty good. And Trump had to come here and actually speak for him. So all of them were kind of thanking Trump for their position. So my point being is that I think that Biden would do the same thing. I think he's going to draw some people in that campaign in. Only person he owes. He owes every single one who dropped out. He owes Senator Elizabeth Warren, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Senator Cory Booker. They all fell down like dominoes when they were told it's time. You need to pull out. 
so that it was basically Bernie and Tulsi left. So he owes Bernie and Tulsi. Now, the reason why he doesn't owe Booker is Booker ran out of money. He didn't owe Harris either. Harris was tapped dry. And them could sustain their campaigns. But Mayor Pete was running low on money. He wasn't out of money. The three that were not out of funds, like Bernie could outfund him instantly. Tulsi Gabbard could stay within the budget of what she was bringing in from her, her base. She was 100% until the very end. Andrew Yang started running low on money, but Andrew Yang really didn't want to divide the party because Yang gang has nothing to do with the Democrats. They were like a law of independence who went blue for Andrew. Those are the three right there that I think he owes. You've named a bunch of names. So the three that you think he owes. The three that he owes for sure are Senator Sanders. Why would they take him out of the Senate? They need him in the Senate. That's my point. I think Bernie's going to stay in the Senate. I think it'd be foolish to pull him out. I think he should be minority leader in the Senate. Yeah. That's why I think he owes Bernie. Tulsi Gabbard's vacated her seat. If she was Secretary of State, I would actually have some faith in this administration. You've switched to what you want versus what you think Biden is going to do. So let's go back and talk about what you think Biden is going to do based on history. I think Biden is going to do the same thing that Hillary Clinton did. She was given a sheet and it had a bunch of war hawks on it. Like Podesta was supposed to be her Secretary of State. That's not an answer. Let's just go through. I think that there's a list of people that are classified as the blue dogs. I think they're going to all try to pop up in office. And I think that we know a few of the names. Who are those? I think there are a lot of insiders that we really don't know. So I'm really unsure. However, the most important position to me is the Secretary of State. Who do you think is going to go there? I don't know. Right off the top of my head. But let me move on just for a second. I would like to see Elizabeth Warren as Treasury. She's a senator. You can't pull her out. I think that she's good in the Senate. So um, I don't know. You can't pull Klobuchar. She's a senator. There's Mayor Pete and Andrew Yang. I think Andrew Yang will be in his cabinet. Let's talk about the folks that are eligible for sliding around. There's Tulsi Gabbard, Pete Buttigieg, Michael Bloomberg, Tom Steyer, Andrew Yang, Julian Castro. Julian Castro. That's an interesting choice. Beto O'Rourke, although he came out early. Yeah. And then you've got people like Seth Moulton, because he's a vet. He's done amazing stuff for veterans. Quiet people like that who are really invested would be delightful. As for Secretary of State, I don't know. Who do you put there? Hmm. Do you put Rice there? She's on the top of the list. And what do you do with somebody like Stacey Abrams? Yeah, but Stacey Abrams couldn't be Secretary of State. No. Not yet. I'd be terrified of putting Rice as Secretary of State. Is she qualified to do it? Technically. But the problem with Rice is she's still part of that old Clinton State Department. Again, that's what you want. But let's talk about what the administration is going to do. I'm concerned that they're going to cater to that. Well, of course. Why wouldn't they? And we're going to be right back in 2009 all over again. Okay. This is going to cost Biden his last days of retirement. It's going to cost us his last days of life. I think everybody knows it. It's nice that he's kind of prepping Harris to be POTUS. That's really what she will be. Well, let's just say Biden survives four years. He basically picks up the exact same pattern that Trump picked up. I'll be there about 10 o'clock. I'm like, sir, that's the third meeting. Biden will go with whatever his normal schedule is. Um, and maybe he was a morning guy. I mean, he took the train to the Senate for how many years? He was very prepared to become president of the United States. If he was 20 years younger, this wouldn't even be an issue. Yeah, exactly. Experience-wise, he's completely prepared. He's probably the most prepared person in modern history to be the president of the United States. Yeah, whatever the cabinet picks are, those are going to be the most extraordinarily prepared individual for whatever that cabinet need is. That doesn't mean 
people who have played a background role or who are relatively new to this situation are going to get picked. I call that the establishment and the oligarchy. I don't know. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can. The most important pick for me is going to be that secretary of state. What kind of job do you think Pompeo did? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just followed it briefly. This is just what I heard. A lot of the options that Trump was given after the first few weeks or so, he advised, I, uh, do me a favor, guys, take out the nuclear option that we normally give every president. Like, you guys need to pull that out. That would make complete sense. You would definitely want to move that away. The option is now back on the table for this president. I don't think that Biden has ever demonstrated that he is a trigger finger guy. Every single decision that was made under the Obama administration, Biden says he had a role in it. I mean, the killing of bin Laden should have been like, no, no, guys, guys, he was on the intel committee. He knew this. We've been monitoring him for over a year. Why do we need to kill him? You don't know what got said in the Oval Office. No doubt there are many, many very loud arguments in and around the Oval Office about decisions like that. But the decision rests with whoever the president is. There's a book by Robert Gates, and you can read for yourself. Gates is like, Mr. President, that is a bad idea. And he was outvoted by two people, the Secretary of State, the VP, every single time. Hillary talks about it a couple of times. You know, she was like, it was my idea. And I don't remember where, but I heard Joe Biden was like, hey, it, that wasn't all her idea. I also made that decision. I don't think that anything happened under Obama that Biden was like, I am 100% against this. We cannot go in there. Based on that, you think he has a trigger finger to the extent that Trump had a trigger finger? They put the childproof tampering on the bottle for Trump. Why can't I get this nuclear briefcase open? The childproof tampering on the bottle is no longer on there for Joe Biden. In your estimation, when was the last time we had a president who could be trusted with that trigger? Clearly, it wasn't Obama. Clearly, it wasn't Trump. What about Bush Jr.? Bush Jr. jumped the second he had a chance to go to war. Clinton. Clinton, uh, when he had a chance, he launched airstrikes. And he didn't. Okay, Bush uh, Sr. Bush Sr., yeah. He was a lot more conscious of it. But the last time we could really have a person who could be trusted was Reagan. All right. Before that, it's really Carter. Even in the face of pure peril, didn't use a nuclear option. So you're looking at 45 years that we have to go back where we might have someone who didn't seem to have a weird trigger finger. Reagan went into Grenada. It was quite unnecessary. I know a lot of Rangers would disagree with me on that, but Grenada wasn't necessary. You know, the Soviet Union collapsed shortly thereafter. I don't think that was a necessary attack. I don't think it was necessary to go down to get Noriega out either. But on the other hand, they were just police actions. They weren't actual wars. And Reagan really shied away. He reduced our nuclear fingerprint around the world. He got rid of mid-range nuclear weapons. That's a big deal. That's his law about Reagan. Reagan didn't want a nuclear confrontation. Nukes were off the table with Reagan. Off the table with Reagan. I don't know if Clinton was trigger happy with the nuclear briefcase, but for sure Trump has been very, he couldn't wait to drop one. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know where Obama stood on that, to be honest with you. He did a lot of airstrikes, though. A lot of airstrikes. Yes, he did. He was the first American president to kill a U.S. citizen with a drone strike on foreign soil. On foreign soil? He killed him on foreign soil, but still was an American. He killed the drone strike. He could have actually just picked him up. He could have followed him and knocked on his front door and taken him in custody. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's why I think it's going to be so important to see who our Secretary of State is going to be under this new president. Well, maybe by the time this show airs, we will already know. 
Until then, I'll talk to you later. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.